Hello, everyone. My name is John Locke, and I'd like to welcome you to the winning trade, but first the required disclaimer material. This presentation is given for educational purposes only. We're not broker-dealers or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial, and please make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that in this presentation, please consider us to be doing hypothetical computer simulated trades. They be believed to be as accurately represented as possible. Keep in mind that live results can vary from simulated results for many different reasons. If this is your first experience with us, my name is John Locke. I'm a trading performance, wealth, and success coach with Locke at Your Success LLC, where myself and my team of mentors are here to help you win in the markets and in life as well. To visit us, go ahead to LockInYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, InYourSuccess.com. And today, I'm here to bring you into the realm of high-probability options trading. High-probability options trading is where we use option strategies to make money from the passage of time rather than depending solely on price movement in order to make money. This means that we can often make money whether the price goes up, down, or sideways. Now, this doesn't mean we're going to win all the time, but we do win much more often than we would if we were purely depending on direction to go on our way in order to win a trade. Now, I have a special treat for you today. The strategy that I'm going to be showing to you is a live trade. It's something that we do within our Go membership in our Options Trading for Income webinars on Monday morning. We take this trade that we call a play trade, and it's an M3.4U-based live trade where we provide real-time live entry and exit and adjustment signals on our Go membership Skype group. Now, the purpose of this position is to provide important educational lessons about good and bad decision-making processes in real time with live positive theta income positions. Now, with this position, realize that it's not our primary intent to follow a specific set of rules, and it's not our primary intent to win. Our primary intent is to do this for educational purposes. So with this strategy, we generally follow the M3.4U guideline concepts that we outline within our M3.4U trading strategy series. And we use the M3.4U because the M3.4U base trade is an extremely flexible, extremely dynamic strategy that we can easily make modifications to to adapt to whatever our thoughts are about the market at any given time once we become a more experienced level as a trader. Now, we're going to generally follow these M3.4U guidelines. However, be aware that we're often going to be somewhat outside the guidelines, sometimes drastically outside the guidelines with our adjustments. And the other thing that we're going to do is normally with M3.4U, what we're doing is we're adjusting the trade at a specific time of day. With uh, this guidelines trade, we're going to just randomly check the trade. So we're not going to be watching the trade all day. It's just going to be randomly checked, and we're going to adjust it at random times. Sometimes we're going to be you know, inside our guidelines. Sometimes we're going to be outside our guidelines. But what I'm trying to do here at the beginning of our M3.4U trades is I'm actually attempting to get this trade into a little bit of trouble because we don't learn anything from the trades that we put on and just win uh, all the time. Right? You're not, not learning anything through, through doing that. You learn things through challenges and when you have trouble. So when we first put the trade on, you know, I'm going to use the skills that I have with market analysis and so forth, and I'm going to try and make some poor decisions here and get this trade into trouble. And if it works and I do get the trade into trouble, as expected, then I'm going to try to switch on my good decision-making filters, and I'm going to see if I can pull out of the 
the damage that I've done earlier on in the trade. And this is extremely educational for our students. It's extremely educational to watch me play out real time. You can ask questions during, during the trade as we're doing it and so forth and what my thoughts are and whether you know, that was a good decision, bad decision, or, 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 or whatever, whether it was in guidelines, with, outside of guidelines. There's just so many benefits. So the example size that we're going to be playing with here is going to be a $10,000 planned capital trade. And that's going to be a trade that consists of four contracts. And yes, we're also having overlapping trades, meaning that I'm playing around with $20,000 and potentially losing, if I'm able to get out of my exit loss trigger, $2,000 on any given month or at any given time. And if you push those numbers a little bit, which we generally are going to do in the play trade, I'm risking maybe three or $4,000. And that's well worth it for the educational value that you may gain if you happen to lose, or a lot of times you're gonna to win too, right? But for me, it's well worth it so that we can help our students become better traders and make more intelligent decisions, which is ultimately going to be the thing that is going to make you a consistently profitable trader. So you have to realize that rules only get you so far. You can find a trading strategy, you can follow trading strategy rules. And if you do so, you can expect to have very variable results. You might have you know, a fairly long period of time where you have good results, but eventually, if you're just following rules, the market's gonna change, the dynamics are gonna change, the edge in the marketplace where that's present is gonna change. And when that happens, if you wanna stay consistently profitable, you also have to change the way in which you trade. And that is basically what we do here. So let's review this trade. All right, so I'm not going to go through explaining the analytical software here, and you can look at other winning trade episodes and see that. What I do want to point out is I want to point out our entry. So it's May 9th, 2022, and I'm entering a trade that's 32 days to expiration. Why am I entering a, day, a trade 32 days to expiration? It's random. It's a play trade. I'm going to come in whenever I'm out of the, uh, my other trade or whatever, I'm gonna make a decision to enter a trade. A lot of times when I enter these trades, sometimes I'll make a decision where I think it's a bad entry and I'll do that purposefully for educational purposes, uh, of course. And then sometimes I'll think it's a good entry. And I'll, again, for educational purposes, I'll jump into trade and you will explain the reason why to our members. In this case here, I'm 32 days to expiration. Normally an M3.4U starts 56, but there's nothing wrong with starting them 32 days. And when I do this, I'm generally taking a standard M3.4U entry. So I have an asset price of 1760. Normal M3.4U entry at that asset price is short strikes of 1740. I have a 60 point downwing. In this case, I have a 50 point upwing because when I go here, I'm two positive delta for standard M3.4U entry. So I'm going to go ahead and just widen this out a little bit. So pretty much according to guidelines, other than a date here. From here, we have our standard guidelines are to check this half an hour before market close. And if, if we're over eight positive delta, we would make a down adjustment. If we're uh, over or more than minus mm, six, Negative delta, we're going to make an up adjustment, assuming we're inside the tent. If we're outside of the tent, we make an adjustment at zero delta. So here, I may or may not do that. So let's take a look at this here. We're May 9th, 2022. I'm just going to go to our first adjustment. So if you look at this, it's the 12th of May. It's 10.05 a.m. in the morning. Like I said, we're checking this at random times. And 
I'm actually within Delta guidelines. You know, I'm going to go outside guidelines, and I am going to make a downside adjustment anyway. So what I did is a standard M3.4U downside adjustment. That brings me to zero delta, and I went ahead and did that. Again, noting that per guidelines, this is outside guidelines, clearly. So let's move on to our next trade. So here we are, Friday, May 13th. It's 12.25, again, not the normal checkpoint time. Like I said, we're checking this randomly. I come in here, I'm minus 6.26 uh, delta. So doing an adjustment here would be within guidelines. However, doing it at this time of day generally isn't. So what am I going to do for an up adjustment? Well, I took the two options that were 1,800. I brought them down to 1,790, and that gives me a negative 1.34 delta. Now, I'm outside my long strikes here by more than 10 points. This adjustment actually is not sufficient for me to be in guidelines. For me to be in guidelines, I actually have to be positive delta here. Uh, I'm going to maintain my negative delta. Okay, so let's go to, so from Friday the 13th, let's go to the following adjustment, which is May 17th. So what's been happening here, you can see that we actually had a down move, a down market, and now the markets made an aggressive reversal here. And I didn't adjust this sufficiently the last time. I would have been better off had I followed the guidelines. So this is the other thing to look at. Would I, would, I have, would I have been better off following the guidelines or not? Two questions you should always ask yourself when, you, when you're doing trades, and especially if you're following a rule-based trades. One is, would I have been better off or worse off had I followed the guidelines? And second of all, was that a good decision or was that a poor decision? And those are two different answers. So one of the things about trading is a lot of your results are highly luck-dependent, meaning that you can make a very good decision trading and have a poor outcome, and you can make a very bad decision in trading and have a very good outcome. So it's very important to isolate your decision-making processes. We want to take a look at our probabilities. We want to see if we did the good high probability, lower risk-reward scenario on, uh, on our decision-makings. And then they, usually they turn out to be good if we're making good decisions, but sometimes they turn out to be bad. Here, we didn't follow guidelines. From a P&L standpoint, it turned out to be maybe a little bit worse off, but we're okay. We're 36 dollars up. We are due for an adjustment here though. And I make the adjustment and I make the adjustment actually a little shy of where it should be. It should be a little bit more uh, stronger of an adjustment here as well. But this is what we end up being with. So it's May 17th. We go to next adjustment. This is going to be on Friday, May 20th at 1125 in the morning. Again, this is another random spot check. At this point, when we spot check it, we are over maximum delta. So according to guidelines, we are going to want to make an adjustment. Our standard adjustment is here. The adjustment we made was less, right? So we did less than a standard adjustment. Our guidelines tell us to do two contracts. I decide to move one contract. I just barely get us within our limits. That is an area of subjectivity you can have in all trades with adjustments. You know, so you know, you're going to have a trading strategy and you're going to have some adjustment rules. And when you make these adjustments, you can make a minor correction that puts you just within delta guidelines. You can make an adjustment 
correction that puts you to zero delta, or you can make an adjustment correction that actually flips your delta. None of those universally is wrong. You know, the ones you actually want to use or would be best to use is always dependent on the individual situation. There's no universally uh, decision that's right or wrong. That's important to recognize as a trader also. In this case here, I made a partial adjustment. So let's move forward here to next adjustment. It's Friday, May 20th. Ah, only 50 minutes later, the market continued down. So I ended up completing that adjustment. So if I go May 20th, I did one vertical at 1240, uh, at 1125. I did another one at 1240. And I did, uh, that's all I did for that particular day. So let's move forward here to our next adjustment. And you can see we're getting chopped back and forth a little bit, right? Uh, so let's move forward here to the 23rd. So we get the 23rd, and now the market's up. So we're making down adjustments, and we're making up adjustments. So we got down adjustments, up adjustments. That tells us something from a feedback standpoint about our position, by the way. If I'm making up, if I have to make up and down adjustments repeatedly in my complex options position, that's basically telling me that my gamma is too high, or my adjustment parameters are a little bit too tight. Okay, and that's using feedback in the marketplace, and we talk about this a lot, using feedback from the marketplace to tell you whether or not you should be maybe trading a little bit differently. And there are ways to correct that, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But this is what we did here, is we ended up having an up move, and I'm going to make another adjustment, presumably, or normally, it's going to be something like this here. That's going to put us positive delta. Let's see what I actually did here. Uh, I only did one contract. So again, I did a minimal adjustment here. So I'm trying to slow down the adjustments. This helps stop the back and forth nature of having to make these adjustments. One of the things I want to point out, though, is I don't even need to make this adjustment because I'm actually within my delta guidelines. And I believe, oh, actually, I, I do have to make this adjustment because I'm outside my I'm outside my long strike. So by guidelines, I am making an adjustment here. This adjustment should be by guidelines to go positive delta. And being in a choppy environment, that may not be necessarily be a good idea. I ended up doing one contract here. So instead of going from very negative delta to positive delta, I went negative delta to slightly less negative delta. Again, that's a, a subjective thing that you can do within certain trade guidelines. If I go to next adjustment here, we go to the 24th. And we end up getting a very substantial down move in the Russell. You can see our, our chart is choppy, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? And we end up being this, and we're drawn down $235. Uh, I need to make my downside adjustment. I just took this one 1780 up to 1790, and that brings me within guidelines. I'm actually not even outside of guidelines here yet. I am a little bit early in the day, but I'm not outside guidelines yet. This is an early adjustment, essentially. And uh, that's that. If I go to next adjustment here on the 25th, we get a reversal in the market. And I end up having to make an adjust upside adjustment. So I'm doing adjusting up, I'm adjusting down, I'm adjusting up, I'm adjusting down. 
in our membership, we talk about how to fix that, by the way. And I will fix that later on in this trade. But anyway, here we are, and we are outside of our Delta guidelines. We're going to have to make an up adjustment. I'm going to roll these uh, options back. And of course, we're back to neutral profit, which is good. And when I, when I make my up adjustment, this is a very minimal up adjustment, okay? I did two contracts, and I did both the upper and the bottom. I'm attempting to start and to flatten my gamma out here because I don't want to keep making those back and forth adjustments. It's going to eventually knock me out of the trade if I keep doing that. So I continue to go forward here to next adjustment five minutes later. I actually end up doing more. So what I end up doing is I had four here and I had four here. Uh, I move both sides in to this and this. So you can see I'm really getting my size down. That's going to help me have a flatter gamma and make less adjustments back and forth. Uh, if I go to next adjustment here, On the 26th in the morning, I end up getting a substantial up move, and my delta is too negative. Again, this is not my regular checkpoint time. I'm just doing this randomly when I have time, and I'm going to go ahead and make more adjustments here. And I do the same thing. So I'm bringing. I brought the 1780s to 1770. I brought the 1690s to 1700. I'm re reducing my downside risk as I'm raising my expiration line per se. So let's move on here to the 27th. We end up getting a continued up move. And I'm doing this very carefully, right? Because the market's been choppy back and forth. But sometimes we get changes in the market. And this is a change. The market's uh, starting to go up now. I'm at 1050 uh, in the morning. Market's up. I'm negative delta. So as far as a trigger, it's there. Again, I'm not waiting till end of day here. Again, I rolled in both sides. Now my expiration line's only at like minus $40 here. And I'm relatively flat delta. This is our new position. Of course, I can only do this so much, and then I run out of strikes to use, but it's working for me for now. If I go to another hour, what I end up doing here, and let me see if I have both of these on. Let me just go to the next adjustment here. By the end of the day here, on this trade, we had a big up move. And what I ended up doing is I ended up putting a bearish vertical on it, 2000 and 210. There's a couple reasons I, I actually made an adjustment. Number one is it really wasn't required to be an adjustment according to M3.4U uh, guidelines. But realistically, I wasn't going to make any money unless I made some sort of an adjustment to make this expiration line higher. Okay, And at any given time, I need to decide where the best place is to take on my risk because I can make the up adjustment and I can raise this expiration line by taking on additional downside risk or I can raise this expiration line by taking additional upside risk. And if I have a subjective opinion that the market is overextended to the upside and not likely to go higher, and you know, I, I mentioned this when we put the adjustment on in our GO membership, is the chances of the market being up at 2,000 given the current market conditions were almost zero, in my opinion, that we're gonna, this was going to be threatened in the time we have left for, in the trade, which is 14 days. 
So that being the case, I decided to take the risk here while I felt that down here, it was a, there was a very real possibility that might be threatened. So instead of taking on my downside risk here, I decided to take it here. Okay, and this is how we ended up. Now, as time goes by, I would like to make more than whatever this comes out to, $64 here on this particular position. So I'm going to make a series of decisions that I consider good decisions, and this was really the first one. So up until here, I'm kind of getting the trade into trouble, and I put myself in a position where the trade was very unlikely to make any money the way it was. If I wanted to make some money, I had to put the risk somewhere. I decided to put the risk to the upside, uh, at least for now. So as we move forward here, it is Friday the 27th. We go to the 31st here, and now we're 10 days to expiration, and the market's down a little bit, but I don't believe that the market is going to continue down at this point. In other words, I don't believe that this is really going to be threatened within the next 10 days. So at this point, I'm willing to take on a little bit more downside risk, and I want to do it responsibly too. So here you can see that I uh, just took one contract and I brought it down. And let me see if I did something else this day on the 31st. Looks like that's all I did on the 31st. So I'm just kind of eking out a little bit extra now. So now I'm at you know a higher uh, potential profit in this particular trade. If I go to next adjustment, that's June 2nd. We ended up taking a, a bigger up move. Again, I have to decide where I want to put my risk. And in this case here, since I'm getting too close, so close to expiration, there's really not much left if I sell more of these verticals, and I may not want to take on the risk for that. I have more money in the downside, so what I ended up doing here is I ended up moving. You'll see that I took these higher, and I took these lower. I sold one, bought one, sold one, bought one. I think I did another one this day. Let me look. Yep. Later, I continued to do the same thing. So I essentially went from here to here. And I really tightened this up, and I actually reduced my total downside risk should we have some sort of a market crash. And this is the position here, okay? So moving forward, it's the second. Let me see if I actually made any more adjustments to this. I'm not sure. No, and that was it, okay? And then I held this position until it expired. So let's just go to end of day. And you know, now in a position where, uh, in my technical opinion, I don't believe that this will be threatened for the duration of the trade. Now, I do have technical points in the marketplace where I may change that belief. But unless we hit those points, my belief is not going to be threatened. I'm going to let it expire. Same thing goes for the downside. I have technical points in the marketplace that will be warning signs to me that the market may come down and threaten this area. And if they don't hit, then it's not going to be a problem. And what ended up happening here basically is none of those areas were hit. So if we come here, let me just go to the ninth, And I'm going to go to the 10th here. There's the ninth, and then here is the 10th. And this is expiration day, and the position ended up expiring at a profit of about $334. Now, one of the things I didn't tell you is that these prices are not live prices. So when I do this, another part of doing this exercise is I'm trading this position live with 
obviously live execution prices and commissions and so forth. And then I'm trading this position uh, on OptionNet Explorer, just simply converting the position at whatever pricing the software gives me. These are other lessons, right? So we often get the question is, what should I use for slippage? Or what about slippage? And, and the reality is with these types of positions, slippage almost doesn't exist. You know, you're buying and selling options. Sometimes you're going to get prices that are pretty much equivalent to what OptionNet Explorer is telling you. Sometimes you're going to get better prices than what OptionNet Explorer is telling you. Sometimes you're going to get worse prices. And these vary from trade to trade. So sometimes we do the trade this way, and I make less money than what OptionNet Explorer tells me. And sometimes I make about the same amount of money, and sometimes I make more money. Realistically, from trade to trade, you never know. So there is no standard amount of of, of quote-unquote slippage you can put in there, which leads me to the statement that it really is, is irrelevant. Sometimes you're better, sometimes you're worse. So overall, that's what you get. So let's talk about the actual live results here. In order for me to show you the live results, I actually have to go backwards and on-demand. And these were all the actual execution prices on all the orders that we did. And with all the actual prices, my actual profit and loss, including commissions, is going to be $387 on that trade. Which if we compare that to our option net explorer in this particular case, this is telling us that we're going to be at about 334. So I actually ended up making more money live execution than I did just kind of randomly converting stuff to an option net explorer. Again, that always doesn't happen that way. Sometimes I make significantly more or sometimes significantly less than what option view is telling me. But it is a good gauge in general over over an extended period of time. In other words, it's not necessarily great trade for trade, but it is very good example average over time on uh, what, what you're giving given for prices on your option to explore uh, as compared to live execution prices. So that is our live options trading for income M3.4U this episode's winning trade. If you like what you see, I invite you to come on over to LockInYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com. And join us for our weekly webinars where you can follow along with this and many other great trading strategies as they unfold during our weekly Options Trading for Income webinars. Also, you can come over to TheWinningTrade.com. That's TheWinningTrade.com. And subscribe so that you can be first to be notified about upcoming winning trade presentations, explore past winning trades, and receive free bonus material. Also, perhaps best of all, you can check out our free trading performance podcast where you can learn to skyrocket your trading results regardless of the type of trading you do. If you have any questions, comments, or anything else you'd like to see on the next winning trade, we'd love to hear from you. Please comment on the video below, and I'll make sure I answer your questions and comments for you personally. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next winning trade.